Hi, I just love being here. Love you guys. So if you can come home with me, I have like a one bedroom, but I think you guys could all fit. <laughs> okay. So love you guys. Thank you. Thank you. What a beautiful day. My topic today is who are you shape-shifting into your identity? I mean, who are we really? I'd like to start off by telling you one of my favorite Ernest Holmes stories. Now, Ernest Holmes, of course, is Science of Mind Center for Spiritual Living. This is the philosophy that we really study and embody. And one of my favorite stories about him is that he encountered with a friend of his, a highly intoxicated man who had a history of drinking. So people would call him a drunk or an alcoholic. And one day, this man was intoxicated. And so Ernest Holmes and his friend put him to bed and he passed out. What happened next signifies who are you and shape-shifting your identity because Ernest Holmes all that night started to pray or say out loud into the universe that this man is not afraid of any problem. This man faces things head on without alcohol. This man is brave. He is a wonderful being. He is sweet, loving, and compassionate. And he does not drink alcohol and does not have any need for alcohol. As a matter of fact, his spirit is pure and clean. And this man is how God made him to be. Now, he didn't say that once. He said it over and over, and he also elicited his friend to say the same thing. So they were praying over him, but they were also reminding his energy, even though this guy's passed out, who he is, that he's not an alcoholic. So this is the truth of his being, but Ernest Holmes was saying it out loud. He knew this to be true. He said it out loud, elicited his friend, and they said it for hours. When this man woke up, he was not drunk, and Ernest Holmes followed him for 10 years, and he never touched alcohol again. This is a true story that is recorded in Ernest Holmes' Life and Times. And then he developed this philosophy, which we know to be true, that who you are is not your trauma, it is not your drama, and who you are is how God made you to be, loving, compassionate, peaceful, and joyful. I'll tell you what the problem is. We believe that we're our ID. I went to Ethiopia recently, and they kept asking me for my passport. And I kept saying, but that's not who I am. I'm a spiritual being. They didn't want to hear about that. So that tells you that in this world, we identify with that ID, that passport, that social security number. We even identify with what we see in the mirror, but that's not really who we are. And if we ever want healing, let me repeat that. If we ever want healing, we're going to have to forget who the world says we are. 
And we're going to have to remember what Ernest Holmes was pulling forth into this person's memory energy, which is we are children of God. We are part of the Most High. And everything that is not part of that, we need to let it go. I'll give you an example of that. I went to a circle of sisterhood. It was, I, I live in Sedona, so we get these flyers all the time. Learn your galactic ancestors. Uh, be the star seed. You know, come to the sound bowl healing. But this one I went to because this woman was in her 80s. She's from St. Croix, and she's a shaman. And she was very melanated. She had the same complexion as me. I said, I'm going to go. I mean, there's a sisterhood in Cornville. I got to go. So I go. I didn't know what the topic was going to be. And she said, this topic is about healing our womb waters. I was like, womb waters? What's that all about? And basically what she was saying is that women hold on to their wounds and we've got to give birth to this new earth and we're stuck in our wounds we haven't forgiven we've still got abuse issues from 50 years ago and we just need to heal our womb waters so i was really intrigued i was like yes we've got to heal ourselves so we can give birth to this thing that we want by the way, the world is falling apart. If we don't give birth to something that we want, we're just going to be in the rubble. And women are creators. We're the Godhead. We're the feminine divine energy. So I was really intrigued. There were about 30 women in this circle. And what our assignment was is that we were supposed to hold a stone like this and tell our story our story about whatever wounds that we've encountered that's blocking us. And so we pass the stone to the next person when we're done with our story. Well, let me tell you, I was there from 6 at night until 9.30 at night because people kept holding on to the rock and telling their wounds. I thought it was going to be, oh, you know, five minutes. You know, here's your rock. Here's your rock. We passed it and then we would get to hear her talk. No, I'm telling you, people were in their 70s going, well, when I was five. <laughs> and I don't want to make fun of this, but it's like, that's what's blocking us. We're holding on to this, and it's not who we are. We're God beings. Events don't define us. So don't put events on your ID. Don't put it on your passport. It doesn't have anything to do with who you are. It's what happened. But that's not who you are. And they were so identified with the abuse that happened. And they were holding on to it. And mine was funny. People were laughing at mine. Because it's not who I am. It doesn't define me. It's something that happened. And when you look back on stuff that happens, sometimes it's funny. And if you don't have a sense of humor about your life, that's a healing technique that I suggest you get. Because my mom, I mean, our house was on fire one time. 
And we're sitting out in the car watching it go up in flames. The, poli the police, the fire engines were all there. And who showed up was a high school friend of his who happened to be the chief. And so she rolled down her window and said, who invited you to my fire? <laughs> I mean, so you, I mean, you have to have a sense of humor. And there was no humor in that circle except for mine. So that was a key. But let me tell you, when people were holding their rock and they were going through their wounded story, I was being Ernest Holmes in my head. And that's what we can do for our friends and people that we don't even know, or even news stories that you hear that are absolutely horrific. You can be in your space, and I'm saying, that person is whole and complete. There's nothing broken in her. She is a wonderful, brilliant star. And I kept affirming these women in my head, even though they were stuck. The message today is you have to get unstuck and get back to who you really are and stop holding on to this stone. The only reason I took the stone was in my story, there has to be some healing for somebody else. That's the only reason I pick up my stone. If there's no healing for anybody else, why am I picking it up? And just in my tone, the way I was telling this story, you can tell there's healing there. I'm not holding on to anything. So just in my tone, the way I'm telling my story, and if God's not in my story, then there's no healing there. If there's no humor, and if God's not in it, then there's no healing. So I just want you to pay attention to your story tells you who you are. Are you still in that suffering? Or are you past it and look back on it as an observer and go, you know what I did. I married this. <laughs> I mean, have a sense of humor about it. But when we hold on to the pain, we think that's who we are. And it's not, not at all. So who are you? And you can shape shift your way out of it. And if you are on the healing side of that, then what we are doing as that feminine energy is we're doing earnest homes. We're saying this world is whole and complete. Nobody needs help because they're whole and complete. Nobody's broken. I don't have to fix anybody. We can't fix anybody anyway. But why not create a world where nobody is broken? And we see everybody as whole and complete and healthy. Let me also talk about the vibration that we give off when we feel like we're still being victimized. If you've been abused, and a lot of you know I worked in child abuse and neglect for 20 plus years in Las Vegas, Nevada, there is an energy that goes along with victimhood. What happens is, is you begin to create more victim situations in your life when you're vibrating that out. Why do I keep meeting these narcissists that only care about themselves and are very emotionally abusive? Could it be 
that you are holding on to your rock and you're passing it to a narcissist. Could be. So the point is, is that vibrationally we have to change that. How do you do that? By recognizing who you really are. Now, I'm a therapist, and I know that people come for healing. They say, oh, I want to heal my childhood wounds. You know what I tell them? Oh, well, you have to be somebody else. What do you mean? Don't I need to work on this for 10 years, 5 years, 30 years? Oh, this is deep wounds I've got. I'm like, okay, great. Be somebody else. Who? who you originally are. It's not like we're putting on an act. We were born wonderful, magnificent children of God, right? Made from a compassionate creator to manifest love on this planet. Okay, fine. We can't do that with wounds. Wounds block us from love. So be somebody else. Who? Who you originally are, because you're not whole and you're not broken. That's Ernest Holmes. That's Jesus. That's Buddha. Don't be attached to your wounds. Boom, you're healed. Good. <laughs> no charge. <laughs> right? So how do we not be attached to it, recognizing who we are? But we get so attached to the victimhood. Oh, come on, I've got to tell you about my wounds so you can give me sympathy. And when you give me sympathy, it feels like love. But then i got to do it again to you. Sympathy feels like love. No, you are love already. You don't need it from anybody else. You are solid, whole, and complete. You are loving. That's what Ernest Holmes was telling this man all night long. And the man was unconscious. He didn't know he was being preyed on. So we don't to tell people even that this is what I said to you while you were sleeping. We put it out into the field. That is who they are. That identity is the only thing that's real. Everything else is made up. That's crazy, right? <laughs> Everything else is made up. We made it up. That's wild, by the way. So I recognize that. But I want to give you an example of a person that really embodied what I'm saying. She happened to be a Buddhist, meaning not attaching to your room. A lot of people think non-attachment means things, material things. It can mean that, but it means don't attach yourself to this world and your identity and what happened and all of that. She epitomizes what can happen when you change your frequency and change who you are. Now, can you guess who I'm going to talk about? I'll give you a hint. What's love got to do, got to do with it? Thank you. Wow. <laughs> Right. So, of course, I'm talking about Tina Turner, who passed this past month at 83, but I want to tell you that she shape-shifted her identity. She had to, to be the success that she became. Are you afraid of getting old? 
My attitude about getting old is that I look forward to it because I think I'm going to become another kind of strength. I think with nearing 50 now, the way that I feel, my goodness, I think at 80 it should be just really another whole way of life and as good, but in a different way. I plan to make as much out of my later years as I've made out of the earlier ones. I'm not giving up on life. As long as I'm alive, I'm going to enjoy every aspect of it. I live my life in seven year cycles. And I can tell you now, from one to seven, from seven to 14, 14, 21, 21, 28. I don't see any time wasted. Every interest. I have been working all my life. For as long as I can remember, I've been working. And there was something learned from all those years. No time is wasted. For a long time, I did hate Ike. I have to say that. But then after he died, I really realized that he was a sick person. He was an ill person. While not excusing any of his abuse, she's also able to see him for the role he played in the big picture of her life. Though she would have preferred not to have lived through what she did, she has a remarkably healthy perspective in managing her relationship to her past. Forgiving means not to hold on. You let it go because it only hurts you. Not forgiving, you suffer you think about it over and over again. This is no doubt in large part to her Buddhist beliefs. Tina has credited Buddhism for helping give her the strength to break from Ike originally. But you're not bitter. Yeah. I laughed about my life while I was there in it. <laughs> I had to, to, to stay sane. I laugh about it now, as tragic as it was. I have forgiven. I have forgiven and I have gone on with my life. Everything that was done to me, I received it, I accepted it, and I have gone past it. And I don't hold any grudges from anyone that what was done, because obviously there must have been some reason for them and for me to have to have gone through something that dramatic. Okay. Did you see and feel the unattachment, the forgiveness, the letting go, the passing on of the rock? She's not holding on to that. And one of the ways that you can tell when someone is not holding on to that victimization is that they do have a success, a feeling of joy, and it shows up as fruit in their life. So what happened after she left Ike all battered and bruised with 36 cents is that she reinvented herself. And I'm not talking about gathering some new identity. It's going back to the idea of I am not broken, I don't need to be fixed, I am whole and complete the way I am. I am the way God made me in his image, which is power, strength, all of those wonderful characteristics, creative. And so that is your true identity. But we have to shape shift out of that. Sometimes we don't have people in our lives being earnest homes, praying over us, stating the truth. So that has to come from us because we are the greatest Messiah for ourselves. This is true. We were not put on this planet to be victims. We were put on this planet to raise from the grave. We are powerful messiahs. And at any time, we can shapeshift 
our identity to the truth. Let's take a deep breath. And let's go into a prayer of knowing. I also want to share with you some people that know who they are. I went to Ethiopia recently. I was so impressed. I thought I was going to see ancient tribes and beautiful churches. And what I saw were people that knew who they are. They believe and know to be true that they are part of the 12 tribes of Israel, that they are part of the line of Judah, meaning that they know that they are part of the lineage of Jesus. So imagine, if you will, if you knew from the time you were little and generations back that your bloodline is from Jesus, that changes your identity or it creates an identity of the original of who you are. So they don't have any delusion to come out of like we do. They know who they are. So how does that shape their culture? The most kind, beautiful people on the street that you'll ever encounter. The traffic was crazy, but no one was getting upset. It was wild. Um, and no dents in the car either, so no accidents, but it's wild and no one's cussing anybody out. They're just like, oh, hi, how you doing? Very laid back and calm and peaceful. So your identity will show up in your behavior. And so I wanted to share some pictures. They believe that they are, and this is how they characterize themselves as Jewish Orthodox Christians because Jesus was Jewish and they are Orthodox Christians. So everywhere you'll see the sign of David, which is the triangles, the face in the middle of Jesus, which means that heaven on earth, you see the triangle pointing upwards, that's going up to heaven and then down on the earth. So that star of David, as you know, means heaven on earth, the axis mundi, right in the middle is Jesus, the Christ within us, the Christ within all of us, is our direct code for bringing heaven to earth. Next slide. Yes, so in Lalibela, we have the churches that are cut from the one stone all the way down. Beautiful. They say that these churches were meant to house the Ark of the Covenant, and these are the priests that guarded, protected. Uh, they have a hundred chapters in the Bible where we have 66. So the next slide, beautiful people, beautiful. Everyone is just taking off their shoes, going into these stone churches. The next slide, that's me with the priest at these beautiful stone churches. And then the next slide is me with one of the priests, just wonderful experience. And then the what I'd like to share with you, the last slide is their chanting. 
Now remember, uh, Tina Turner was a Buddhist and she would chant, and some of her chants are on YouTube. And so the vibration, you're changing the vibration, the frequency, so chanting can change our frequency, just like sound bowls. So imagine, if you will, these priests chanting in Lalibela, which is the stone churches. Um, and so this is the next slide. Just amazing. <laughs> so Ethiopia, I highly recommend for uh, a society that knows who they are and they keep their traditions there and active to remind people that we are the Christ. Oh, how beautiful is that? And that's who we all are. Just remember who you are. Let's take a big bre deep breath. And at this time, we know who we are. We are whole. We are complete. There is nothing broken, nothing that needs to be fixed. We are as God has made us to be. We are in the mind of God. And in this frequency is the truth. So when we hold space for someone, what that means is that we understand, know who we are. And we can hold that same space for somebody else. We can know who they are as whole and complete. And it is not based on our eyes because Ernest Holmes could see the person was drunk. So it's not based on our eyes. We may see someone's affliction, but in our heart and in our mind and in all of the cells of our body, we know that they are whole and complete. We know that love is all there is. We know that there is a compassionate creator and we were all made to manifest love. And we manifest love by knowing, believing, and showing up the way God has created us whole and complete. We take a deep breath. We know this to be true. We feel it. We sense it. And we let this truth be. 
we let it be so and so it is thank you thank you Thank you.